Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of Lights, Camera, Ulysses, the premier podcast on all things Joyce and Cinema. This is your host, Robert Kraut, and I'm recording today from Glasnevin Cemetery. This episode is brought to you by O'Connell Undertakers. It's never too early to plan your funeral, and O'Connell Undertakers will make you feel at home in their world-class facilities, honeycombed under Dublin. The last couple of episodes have been focused around theory, but I'm going to use Chapter 6, Hades, to refocus on cinematic style in Ulysses. We're going to be talking about the tracking shot, or in layman's terms, the shot that follows people or objects. Of all of the film techniques, this is probably the most misused, a chance for pretentious directors to show everyone how smart they are. Let's take Birdman, an exhausting exercise in pseudo-intellectualism that caused me to roll my eyes multiple times at the gimmick. It's all made to look like one shot. But the director of Birdman is ignoring what the tracking shot is meant to do. It's not meant to wow the audience at how often the camera moves. It's instead used to orient the viewer with the action. In other words, static shots keep the viewer at a distance from the characters, like a stage play, whereas tracking shots put the viewer into the environment, moving them through the scene as they feel what the characters feel. It's a powerful tool, and one that should be used sparingly for maximum effect. Let's take one of the most famous tracking shots, a scene in this movie called Wings from 1927. This scene takes place at a social event, and in order to put the viewer into this social gathering, the camera moves across multiple tables as we see characters laughing and fighting, and the camera finally stops at the table of our protagonist as his glass is refilled. By using this tracking shot, the director is emulating the experience of being at the party, the voyeuristic aspect of eavesdropping on the lives of strangers and the movement associated with having a good time. Back in Ulysses, Joyce isn't really wanting us to have a good time, but he nevertheless uses the tracking shot to accomplish something. In this chapter, Bloom goes to the funeral of Patty Dignam. Rather than having the action all confined to the service, with Bloom sitting and reminiscing about his deceased friend, most of this chapter involves movement tracking. The first half of the chapter takes place in a carriage on the way to the funeral, and we follow Bloom and three other men through the city. Rather than confining the men's conversation to a static room, Joyce wants the reader to feel the movement, taking them through constantly shifting scenery, a herd of cattle, a pub, and another funeral procession, just to name a few. But why? Well, some of the things that the men see, like this man named Dodd, spark conversation, This movement is really meant to emphasize the vitality of Dublin, the way the city lives and breathes, its inhabitants going on with their lives despite hardship. And this vitality puts the reader in a strange place as we follow the flow of life until it stops at the cemetery and we encounter death, the static cold of a church pew. The second tracking shot in this chapter occurs as the men make their way through the cemetery. Unlike the first tracking shot, this is meant to emphasize death as we move from tombstone to tombstone feeling the endless rows of graves and mausoleums, friends and family that are no longer with us. And this is depressing and haunting. But prior to reading this chapter, I was a little bit nervous because I knew it was a funeral chapter, and I expected it to be unbearably dull, Bloom sitting in a church and pondering existence. So when Joyce suddenly became a director and pushed for movement, I was pleasantly surprised to say the least. And that should be an important lesson for filmmakers. Find purpose in movement and use it where it counts. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll be back after a thoughtful examination of mortality.